The outbreak of the coronavirus back in 2020 hit the Danish economy hard. Many businesses were forced to close down while others had to cope with declining domestic and external demand. Painful was the word our next guest used back in May of 2020 to describe Denmark's deep recession. Now the picture has changed dramatically. In a little over a year, the Danish economy has gone from deep crisis to a risk of overheating. My name is Terry Baines, and here to tell us more about that dramatic turnaround is Nordea chief analyst Jan Stöp Nielsen. Hi, Jan. Great to have you here. Hi. And in person after so many months of doing this remotely. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to jump right in, can you tell us a bit about the state of the Danish economy right now? Yeah, and, and as you mentioned in your introduction, it is actually a really uh, we're really doing great at the moment in the Danish economy. Uh, we have had a really strong rebound uh, already in Q2 this year. We uh, reached the same GDP level as we had before the corona crisis. Uh, so I guess we have been uh, doing much better compared especially to, to many other countries. Well, that segues very nicely into my next question. How has Denmark been able to recover so quickly from this crisis? I think there are many reasons why we have had this uh, strong rebound or why we actually in the middle of this strong rebound at the moment. First of all, we have had a very successful uh, disease management in the country. Our The numbers of infected in Denmark has been uh, relatively low compared to many other countries. We have a very high rate of uh, vaccination. I think we are among the top uh, countries in, in Europe. Uh, so... A lot of people have been uh, been vaccinated. Uh, not many people have been uh, infected, and that has caused that we have been able to open the economy uh, f- fairly rapidly compared to many other countries. Uh, so that's that's one reason. Uh, another reason is the whole digitalization of of the Danish society. Um, when the disease uh, hit uh, Denmark and the Danish economy, uh, we were able uh, relatively smoothly to to work from home. Uh, this uh, digitalization meant that um, that companies could continue um, doing their doing their daily business. So, so that's another reason. Um, and and finally, we had during the Corona crisis, we have had uh, a lot of uh, subsidies into the private consumption. So, private consumption has been uh, really, really strong during the crisis, and and much, much stronger compared to, for example, the fi- what happened during the financial crisis. So if you could go back um, a year or so, has this exceeded your expectations, would you say? or how? Yeah, yeah, very much, uh, very much. Uh, when the disease first uh, hit uh, Denmark back in, uh, in early last year, uh, we were out uh, with research notes saying that this could be really, really bad for the Danish economy. Uh, we have never tried a situation like that. Uh, we expected the housing market to not collapse, but uh, house prices to, to uh, fall uh, quite significantly. Uh, we were scared about private consumption. We thought households would hold back on, on consumption. And of course, we were also afraid of the export uh, outlook. Um, but much of that had, has turned out much better compared to, uh, to expected. You mentioned the housing market. Uh, that has been red hot during this this crisis. Um, Danish housing prices rose a whopping 15.3% per from Q1 2020 to Q1 2021, which is the second highest increase among EU member states and almost three times the average in the EU. Um, what is driving this and should we expect this boom to continue? <laughs> it is actually a very good question and it has been, I guess... The uh, most surprising thing about what uh, had happened during the corona crisis, this boom on the housing market. And of course, Denmark is not alone with that. We have seen that in many other uh, countries. Uh, But 
to me, one of the key reasons has been very low financing cost. Uh, interest rates has dropped during the corona crisis, meaning that financing cost has been uh, very, very low. That's, that's one reason. Uh, another reason is that disposable income uh, in households has actually been increasing, some of it due to, uh, to government subsidies, but still uh, disposable income has been increasing, meaning that households are able to, to buy uh, more expensive houses. And then there is this third explanation that is a bit more tricky, this, um, this ex- explanation about that uh, many Danes um, have started to work more from home. Many people have uh, looked at their houses and thought that they want something better or bigger. Um, and they have actually also have more time to look at new houses. So we have seen the demand for, for houses and apartments increasing really fast. And at the same time, supply has been pretty low. Uh, probably because many people were uncertain about what happened during the crisis, so they didn't want to put their house or apartment up for sale. But at the same time, demand was so strong. So you had this mismatch between demand and supply uh, pushing prices much higher. And do you see it staying that hot? or? Mm, the, the latest indicators that we get from the Danish housing market is that it's right now cooling down. Uh, prices are are still increasing, but uh, to a much smaller extent compared to, to previous. And we also see especially more supply coming to the market. So demand is falling slightly, more supply, and we see prices uh, stabilizing around these, uh, these high level. But what we are looking really closely at right now is at the moment is uh, what is called the Systemic Risk Council. The Systemic Risk Council is a council set up by the government, uh, headed by the central bank governor. And their uh, objective is to warn about... Um, things getting out of control in the Danish economy. And they have actually been out saying that they think the housing market is, is getting too hot. That is not a new housing bubble, but there's uh, too much risk in the housing market. So they have uh, suggested to the government that they should put up more regulation. Um, the government is not uh, ha- haven't made up the uh, mind yet about what to do. Uh, but uh, if we get more uh, or tighter regulation, then we could actually start see... Uh, Uh, house prices start to fall. Um, but again, we haven't seen, the government haven't made up their uh, mind yet about what uh, what they should do. But it is definitely a risk to the housing market that we will get this stronger regulation. Okay, so potentially cooling down in the housing market. Yeah, definitely cooling down. But whether we will see outright price falls depend very much on the government, whether they will uh, introduce these uh, tougher regulations. Okay. Um in for the the Denmark chapter in the latest economic outlook, you gave it the title "Overheating?" Question uh, mark Is the Danish economy on the brink of overheating? <laughs> That's why we gave it the question mark. <laughs> um, I think in some areas we are definitely very close to overheating, and that is especially on the labor market. If we see the numbers of companies uh, saying that they were actually able to produce more if they just had the right or enough labor supply. It has never been as high as it is at the moment. Uh, so um, so we're definitely at the labor market seeing some signs of overheating. Also, when you look at wages, wage increases is also rising pretty fast at the moment, um, not to the same extent as before up to the financial crisis, but still it's the highest uh, wage increases that we have seen since the financial crisis. So this uh, lack of labor supply, companies complaining about they cannot get uh, sufficient labor, uh, higher wage increases, that's definitely pointing to to partly overheating uh, at the labor market. So back at the start of the crisis, unemployment was a big concern. And now you're describing a shortage of labor. Can you just explain how we went from unemployment to lack of labor supply? 
Yeah, and again, it is a really uh, a big surprise that it has uh, turned so quickly, and we have never seen uh, such big swings at the at the labor market. Because you're perfectly right, when the crisis hit, we we saw unemployment increased, we saw government out with uh, several measures to um, to make sure that this unemployment uh, increase did not happen uh, too fast. So they were out with a lot of measures to uh, to try to stop this development, and right now with Everything has turned completely around. Now we see companies complaining about the uh, lack of labor supply. We are actually seeing foreign labor. Uh, that's a very uh, important thing at the Danish labor market. More than 10% of the people employed at the Danish labor market, they have a foreign citizenship. So that it is a really big um, or huge uh, import for, for Danish companies to be able to uh, attract uh, foreigners uh, to the Danish labor market. And we have actually seen that it has increased to the highest level we have ever seen. Um, but still, companies complain they could still use even more uh, labor. Um, and the government, they have proposed some measures in order to put more people or to increase the labor supply. But of course, the problem with these uh, reforms is that they uh, it takes a long time for them to uh, to be implement, implemented and actually people moving uh, into into the labor force. Okay. Now we're looking ahead to the German election that's coming up this weekend. How, how important is that for the Danish economy, would you say? Uh, I would say Germ- Germany is crucial for the Danish economy. It is uh, one of our biggest trading partners, has been uh, a very, very important country for, for Denmark for many years. Uh, so so the German election is definitely important. Uh, however, I would say that actually the most important thing about the German election for th- for Denmark and for the Danish economy is that uh, that we get a new leadership in Germany that will uh, that will also take leadership for the whole EU uh, because EU uh, is still uh, is our uh, most important trading bloc. Uh, we have a huge export into the EU, uh, and we are crucial dependent on the EU to uh, to be stable. Uh, so, for example, what happened uh, back in 2012 with the debt crisis, that hurt a lot to the Danish economy. So what is actually most important for Denmark, as, as far as I see it, in the German election is that we get a new leadership in Germany that are actually willing to, to take up the leadership also for the whole EU, because that's so important for, for the stability of the Danish economy. And is that likely? Uh, I think so, and I, I definitely hope so. Uh, Germany uh, has traditionally been... Uh, uh, very much in favor of uh, of a strong EU, and I think uh, the new leadership will also uh, support that. Um, and it is it is interesting with the with Denmark and the, our relationship with the EU because when we look at at polls, uh, a, uh, a big majority in Denmark is in favor of Denmark being a member of the EU. Uh, I remember back when we talked about Brexit, there was a concern among uh, many people, including myself, that maybe also Danes will turn away from the EU project. Uh, be like uh, maybe think that we could uh, do better uh, without uh, the EU, but that has uh, that has not materialized at all. Uh, a lot of uh, a big majority of Danes are in favor of, of EU membership. However, on the other hand, uh, a big majority is also in favor of not Denmark uh, Denmark not joining the the eurozone. So we would like to be a member of the EU, but we I don't think we will ever be a member of the eurozone and get the euro. Okay. Um, so all in all, you've given us a picture of quite a dramatic turnaround uh, since the start of the pandemic back in 2020. What do you now see as the biggest downside risks to the Danish economy? What I fear most at the moment is overheating of the Danish economy. I'm really concerned about this lack of labor supply uh, because we have seen 
in the past that uh, if we get a situation for a longer period with with lack of labor, labor supply, companies uh, not able to fill vacant positions, then uh, we have seen that it, uh, it turns out in higher wage pressure. Higher wage pressure means lower competitiveness for Danish companies. Maybe some Danish companies move production outside of, of the Danish economy. So I really hope that we are able to... Um, to supply uh, the companies with the labor they need, because uh, traditionally that is that is one of the main issues for uh, for the stabi- long-term stability in the Danish economy. Um, so I say that that is one downside risk, and another downside risk is definitely on the housing market. If we get tougher regulations, if for some reason we suddenly get uh, much higher interest rates, then we could also get a downturn at the housing market because the level of prices that we see at the moment is, is very high also compared to, for example, disposable income. Uh, so you could also see there's uh, some signs of overheating at the at the housing market. So I think the housing market and the labor market, that's the two uh, key markets for the Danish economy. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today, Jan. And thank you listeners for joining. You can find the Nordea Economic Outlook and all of Jan's research on the Danish economy at corporate.nordea.com. Thank you.